There's a lot of things in this old world That just do not make sense Like why there's so few believers on the firing line While so many others sit the fence But if you want to know where the word of God stands And believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you only look, then you will see On WCN-TV Well, I guess there's uh, nothing wrong with being late to the party, is there, folks? Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer sitting in tonight for a good buddy, uh, Rob Pugh. Welcome to WCN.TV. And, uh, man, I'm scrambling today. I'm, I'm broadcasting today from just outside Columbus, Ohio, actually, Pickerington, Ohio. And uh, we had a great show planned for you. We we're going to have Pastor Arter Pawlowski with us, but evidently we got our we got our uh, uh, strings crossed there a little bit, and not only that, friends. I showed up to this church where I'm having a meeting after, after we're done here, and uh, so I get here and I can't get on the internet. So anything going on? Hey, Rob Pugh, sorry I'm screwing it up for you here today, but do my best to try to bring this whole thing back together here for us. W Wisconsin Christian News TV, and I just want to thank Rob for trusting me. A lot of a lot of people don't trust me. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm kind of a, what they would call a street rat, in that I believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ needs to get out of the four walls of the church. I'm standing there pointing to the church, which is right in front of me here, and out into the streets. Jesus himself said that we're to go into all the world, the gospel of Jesus, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you and love them with you always, even at the end of the age. And I shouldn't be quoting scripture to most of you because you certainly understand that. And the problems that we have in America, from my standpoint, is we're in this mess because for whatever reason, the church has made the determination that they're not going to get engaged in the culture. Uh, I don't know how many of you go to, uh, I'm not trying to, I'm just, folks, I'm just a truth teller here. I don't know how many of you go to a church where the pastor tells you that, uh, you know, here at this church, we don't mix uh, secular and the sacred. And we don't mix religion and politics. We've heard, heard it all over and over. And as a result, uh, we see a nation that, that certainly is morally adrift. I mean, it's adrift, period, but it's certainly morally adrift. And the Bible tells us, Matthew chapter 5, 5 verse 13, that uh, we're the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its savor, it's henceforth good for nothing, except to be cast out and trodden under for the men. So uh, we've turned the salt of the earth into the sugar of the earth, the molasses of the earth, and the uh, uh, that's why I think we're in the mess we're in. Uh, again, my name is Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer. My, our website is uh, CoachDaveLive.com. I'm Coach Dave. And I tell people that I'm live, so that should be easy to remember. And uh, 
I, I host my own morning show five days a week, seven o'clock in the morning. I'd be six o'clock for those of you up there in Wisconsin. And what we try to do every day when we when we uh, when we do our show is we try to show where we are, what the Bible says, look at what's going on with the culture, and ask ourselves why, if we are to occupy until He comes, why is all this going on? Why are we living in this messy country where the Luciferians of the government are ruling over over us? And the rest of the church is, what are they doing? Sitting around waiting for them to be rescued through the rapture? I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to get into a theological discussion, but the reality of it is, Jesus said we were the salt of the earth, and somewhere along the line, they made the determination that we were the sugar, molasses, the cotton candy of the earth. And look exactly where we are today. So, bear with me here as I kind of waddle through here. We were, as I said, we were going to have Pastor. Arthur Pawlowski with us, who many of you know is the pastor in Canada, who was one of the first uh, pastors in the world, really, I think, to, to go to jail because he refused to close down his church. And Pastor Arthur's been through it. And in fact, they are now uh, trying to charge him with another crime, sentence him away for 10 years. And I don't know if the screw up was on my end, our end, his end, whatever. But uh, that leaves us a little bit scrambling. In the second half of the hour, second part of the show, I'm going to be joined by some. Uh, what do I call them? Child rescuers, literally Charles rescue child rescuers. As we all know, uh, the movie um, Sound of Freedom is all the rage in America. I'm going to actually walk over. I'm going to sit on the curb here, man, if you don't mind. Uh, Sound of Sound of Freedom is all the rage, and uh, one of the things, one of the objections, although what an objection, one of the complaints that I had about the movie was I went and watched it. I was moved by it. Child trafficking is real. It's it's why the borders are open. A lot of lot of lot of things that are attached to it. But uh, from my standpoint, I uh, said, you know, child trafficking is real. But what are we doing about it? What are we going to do about it? I've heard a lot of criticism about the Sound of Freedom. I've heard a lot of criticism that it was done by Mormons. I heard a lot of criticism that it was part of the deep state, that you can't trust Jim Caviezel. We've heard it all, haven't we, folks? And uh, I said, uh, the Bible tells us that the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and that the devil can't cast out the devil. So if uh, the devil is the one producing the video, the movie, Sound of Freedom, it's kind of odd that uh, he would bring exposure to child trafficking. But I started to say that I got distracted. The second half of the show, we're going to have a uh, couple uh, guys who literally are frontline child trafficking rescuers. They're going to join us because as I started to say before I got down a rabbit trail, we, uh, we, when I watched the movie, I came away thinking, not me because I, I understand child trafficking, but I came away with the impression that most people who watch that movie comes with freedom they think this is just this is an international problem. That it's just going on in Chile. It's going on in South America. It's going on in Mexico. But it's not going on in our own neighborhoods. And folks, that's just absolutely not the truth. So, the second half of this show, we'll have a couple guys on who are local here in the good old U.S. of A. Child rescuers, and they're going to give us a little bit of insight to what's going on and and uh, what we need to do about it. So it comes back to the same thing in my mind, is um. Uh, if we're the salt of the earth, we're the light of the world, then why are we looking for government to be the solution to the problem? When, in fact, we know this, that they've lied to us about the fact that there's a separation between the church and state. And if, if I 
if I'd known that I was going to be running right along here for the first 30 minutes, I would have done a little bit of a presentation on that. The reality of it is, folks, there is no separation between the church and state. The First Amendment of the Constitution says that Congress shall make no law regarding the establishment of a religion, nor prohibiting the free, free exercise thereof. And the idea of the separation between the church and the state was a Supreme Court decision back in 1947 called the Everson versus Board of Education, where four just, five justices on the U.S. Supreme Court uh, threw, overthrew, at that time, about 200 years of, of Christian history and American history, when they said that you could no longer uh, have, have uh, uh, a, a union, I hate to use that word, that the church could no longer be involved in the political realm. That's basically what they said as 1947. 1961, just a, a decade after that, it was followed by uh, throwing prayer out of school. And then three years later, based on that same lie, the separation between the church and state, they took Bible reading out of the schools. And then in 1980, I'm sorry, 1973, based on the idea that there's a separation between the church and state, separation between morality and state, they legalized the killing of innocent human beings in their mother's womb. Because why? Well, this is not a Christian nation. Uh, it really wasn't a separation between the church and state. It was a separation between morality and state. 1980, Stone versus Graham, we saw them tear the Ten Commandments off of the wall of the of the uh, schoolhouses, public buildings. They told us because of the separation between the church and state, our forefathers, when they put up those Ten Commandments on the city uh, courthouse, they must not have known that there was a separation between us. They violated the law. That's, that's what they want us to believe. And friends, we're in a really, really different spot here in America today because uh, the worm is beginning to turn, at least from my perspective, it's beginning to turn. And a great example I want to show you is the idea of the, they told us for years and years and years in the church. I've done a lot of I've done a lot of street ministry at uh, abortion mills and all that kind of stuff. We've dedicated a lot of our lives to doing that kind of stuff. And the church told us for years and years and years. And boy, coach, we, man, we'd sure like to stand with you. We'd love to help you, but there's you know, coach, it's the law of the land. Abortion is the law of the land. Well, now we know because the thank God for Donald Trump, the new U.S. Supreme Court went back and actually looked at the law and said, no, that law was, that, that was, uh, that was not decided properly. And we just, in this last, uh, well, a year ago, they ruled that there is no constitutional right to be able to kill a baby, no constitutional right. And yet here we sit a, a year later, almost a year later, and what? They're still killing babies. They're still killing babies. And they're still killing babies, again, because of the silence of the church. Yeah, salt's lost its savor. It's been good for nothing. So one of the things that we try to do at, at, at Pastor Salt Ministries and Coach Day Live, and I thank Rob Pugh for giving me the chance to be here tonight, and actually just the platform in general of uh, Wisconsin Christian News and Rob doing the best he can to try to awaken the church. Folks, you have to understand this. Uh, we're paddling upstream in a lot of ways because many of the guys standing in America's pulpits today have been trained to believe that there's a separation between the church and state, have been trained to believe that you're not supposed to mix religion and politics. They've been trained with all that. And as my, I use this illustration many times, as the old football coach at Ohio State University, John Cooper, he used to talk about, uh, I heard him at a football clinic one time talk about the aggressiveness of football players, linebackers in particular. And John Cooper said, if they don't bite his puppies, they don't bite his dogs. And as a football coach, former football coach, boy, that resonated with me. And what we have in our pulpits today are men who didn't bite his puppies. And when they got into the ministry, they didn't get in the ministry to fight. They got in the ministry to 
to, uh, I don't know, to comfort people. To There's nothing wrong with any of that. There's nothing wrong to be a back, a back rubber and a comforter because we all need that kind of stuff. But manhood has left the church because they've told us that we're just supposed to be tolerant and diverse and accepting and love. And man, I know a lot of guys who have pulled away from the church for that, for that very reason. So uh, that's what we do at Coach Dave Live, Pastor Saul Ministries. We try to encourage people to get engaged here in the fight. So what I'm going to try to do here, I, you know, again, kind of flying by the seat of my pants because, uh, well, hang on, let me do this real quick. Let me walk over here to a good expert friend of mine, Dr. John Diamond, who I came to a meeting with him here tonight. John, if you can walk over here a little bit. John's written uh, John's written a couple different books, well, more than one book. We wrote, wrote Fighting the Next American Revolution, Appeal to Heaven. John, what the heck is with, because I've been telling these people that there isn't any separation between the church and state. How about amen in me here a little bit and straighten, straighten these people out. This is Dr. John Diamond, and your website is what, John? Uh, AmericaUnhingedRadio.com. John hosts a radio program, uh, I, I'm sorry, a podcast on uh, Brideon uh, Network every morning. And uh, we just uh, celebrate that John is uh, getting some of the due that he deserves because he's been, he's been talking about this for a long time. So I'm just going to take this for a minute and talk to him a little bit about that whole lot of separation, church and state. Yeah, so uh, back in 2003, me and Coach uh, went down to Judge Roy Moore's Ten Commandments uh, monument debate they had down there when they were removing it from the courthouse. Um, and I had just graduated with my bachelor's in theology, so didn't really have a lot of time to do being and nothing to do being single. So um, I ended up doing a three year research project um, that ended up being, oh, it ended up being my master's and my doctoral dissertation. Stay in the screen there, dude. There we go. Uh, my, my master's dissertation. And what ended up, I, I found out separation of church and state is actually a communist doctrine. You can be found. Um, and you can actually Google it, uh, uh, Soviet Union's Constitution of 1936, Article 124. If you read it, it basically says the church is separate from the state and the church from the school. So but basically what they had done, they took our First Amendment that says Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. That's what it says. It doesn't say anything about separation of church and state. They took our First Amendment out and replaced it with, with an amendment from the Soviet Union's constitution. That was one of the first major, major steps into communism that we took. Because if you understand that, you know, what we understood ever since the Mayflower landed, there's a king of kings. Not a king of pastors, not a, not a, a lord of elders. He's a king of kings, a lord of lords, a judge of judges. They understood, uh, when you read the Founding Fathers' writings, they spoke about Christ as ruler of the universe, governor of the universe, far more than they spoke of him as Savior. So the first thing that they— Not, not that he's not Savior, right? Yeah. Not that he's not—because he is Savior, but he saved you for what? Yeah. He saved John and I for what? Once we get saved, what are we supposed to do without salvation? Exactly. If you, if you, if you understand the gospel of the kingdom— it, it's Isaiah 33, 22, and it says that, that the Lord is the king, lawgiver, and judge. That's three branches of government, the executive branch, the legislative branch, and the judicial branch. All right. Then it says he is our king. He is our lawgiver and our judge. He will save us. His ability to save us is only based on his position as king, lawgiver, and judge. If he wasn't king, lawgiver, and judge, he couldn't save us. All right, I can't save you. Dave can't save you. The only reason Christ can save you is because he is king, lawgiver, and judge. 
So when we understand the gospel of the kingdom and not just the gospel of salvation, then we start to broaden our horizons a little bit. So this is what they had to do. Now, Joseph Stalin said this. He said, America is like a healthy body and her resistance is threefold. Her spiritual life, her morality, and her patriotism. If we can undermine these three areas, America will collapse from within. Okay? That's what separation of church and state did. It, 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 it undermined our spiritual life. Every school, every church, every school read the Bible. They all opened prayer. It was one of the things that unified us and had in common across the nation from the time of the Mayflower until the Supreme Court decided it was somehow unconstitutional. As soon as that happened, and you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure this out, as soon as they rolled on separation of church and state, then all hell broke loose. All right. Now, all of a sudden, the sexual revolution, the hippie revolution. Now people are getting pregnant outside of marriage. Now they don't want their babies. So now we have abortion. And now the, the homosexuals start coming out of the closet because they're like, hey, everybody else is doing it. Why can't we do it? Right. And now here we are on transgenderism, cutting genitals off the children. I mean, it snowballed out of control. So one of the things that we're going to have to do is we're going to have to reverse that separation of church and state ruling, which is what we're going to be trying to do here this week in Columbus with the. Uh, John Burke Society and some of the chapters we're meeting with here. We want to get nullification bills in our in our state houses that basically says separation of church and state is a communist doctrine. It is not American. Um, Let me jump in here real quick, John. Folks, listen. When you hear the term separation of church and state, do you hear that? Do you know why that is? Because originally each colony was set up as a denomination for the most part. Mm-hmm. Maryland was Catholic. But, uh, uh, Rhode Island, not Rhode Island, but Connecticut was Baptist. Church of England was in Virginia. Uh, the Quakers were in Pennsylvania. That's why they called them the Pennsylvania Quakers. So when Thomas Jefferson wrote his letter, separation between the church and the state, he didn't say separation between the church and the Fed because it was not a federal issue. So when we go back and we really begin to re- read history and understand, the Bible tells us that evil men have crept in unaware and they changed the truth of God into a lie. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we're dealing with now. If they, if they believed in separation between the church and the state, it would say separation between the church and the federal government and they never said that because why when they back uh, i'm sorry to steal your thunder no, you know this is good stuff they had a hard time folks ratifying the constitution do you know why they had a hard time ratifying the constitution because each state was already set up as a denomination right and they couldn't get them to join because they said hey i'm not going to join with you and have to be church of england i'm not going to go do that so they wrote into the first amendment no 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 there's a separation between the church and the state Meaning, you see, originally, to be a part of the state government, you had to be a member of the church. You had to be a Baptist to, to live in Rhode Island. You had to be a Quaker. To be, see, that's how far we've fallen. Mm-hmm. So they've taken those words, and they've twisted them on us. And then they told us, because of a letter written by Thomas Jefferson, that there was a separation between the church and state. And they made it mean there's a separation between right and wrong. Everybody doing what is right in his own eyes when there was no king in Israel. I think we've got about seven minutes or so, John. Go ahead and bring that home. Okay. Yeah. And if you go to my website, AmericaUnhingedRadio.com, uh, I, I, I got a book called AmericaUnhingedRadio.com. My, my free ebook, Appeal to Heaven ebook, is on there. And, and it explains separation of church and state, I mean, very, very well. All right. You have to understand, they all come from England. All right. England had a, a church of England. <laughs> you you had to be you had to be 
a member of the church. All right. They told you what doctrines to believe. They told you what you could and could not believe. This is why the pilgrims left. They were, pro, you know, they were protesting the Church of England because the king said, I am the head of the church. And the Bible says Jesus Christ is the head of the church. So they stopped going to church and they started having Bible studies. And then you have the Conventicles Act. The Conventicles Act basically said you can't have Bible studies of more than four people. So they were trying to circumvent these laws of the government that told them they had to go to the Anglican church. They had to believe these certain doctrines. They had to pray these certain prayers. So they started holding Bible studies and then people started getting arrested for holding Bible studies with more than four people. So this, they, they didn't want the king to be head of the government and the head of the church. We don't want the president to be head of the government and the head of the church. Right. So that's what the separation between the church and state meant. Go ahead, John. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, I mean, and that's that's when we got here. So when we got here, I mean, you can't you can't think for one minute that. You know, somebody in the time the Mayflower landed until 1947, somebody didn't go, hey, wait a minute. Why do we have a Bible and prayer in school? That's that's unconstitutional. Why the Ten Commandments on the wall? Exactly. And on the Supreme Court. All right. I mean, it's just insane. It is. It, it was a communist indoctrination. I mean, that's where it started again. And once they undermined our spiritual life, then our morality fell. So we got to reverse all of that stuff if, if we're going to end up saving this nation. We've got to we've got to put things back the way they were, and that's what we're hoping to do with some of these. The the good thing is, and Coach says this all the time, we're winning, and this is what people have to recognize: the the court the courts um, are now starting to overturn what they have been doing for a long time. They sent Roe v. Wade back to the states, affirmative action. You don't have to bake a cake for somebody if you don't want to. Yep, you don't have to bake a cake for, you know, someone if they're gay and it's against your beliefs. I guess they just opened up a pipeline in West Virginia and overturning some of Biden's stuff. So that's what we have to understand. The, the left knows we're winning and we've got the courts back. Now we need to be fighting this at the state level. Okay, so this, folks, this is why it's dangerous. That's why we're in a very, very dangerous time. But for over a generation, maybe, yeah, at least a generation, the left uh, held the Supreme Court. Maybe for a few years and ever, for the most part, the left, the God-hating left, is in control of the United States Supreme Court. And now that they've lost the court, right? They, hey, their, their sacrament of abortion has been overturned. They have lost the courts. What are they doing now, John? Now they're, they, the God-hating Luciferian left, they're returning to states. And they're going to try to change the Constitution in states. They're now going to try to go to the ballot box to change uh, the law. Because why? They have lost the courts. So we have to wake up and understand exactly what's going on and how they play the game in order that the devil never rests. you got just a couple minutes there, John, before the break. Yeah, so that's why, that's why everybody just needs to get involved now. And I'm talking at every level. I'm talking to the school board up. All right. We need you need to educate yourself first. So, I mean, I've written two books fighting the next American Revolution, which I wrote in 2006. I mean, that's a deep dive into how we got here. And then my second book, which, again, you can get on my website, AmericaUnhingedRadio.com and download the free ebook. It's all it's a PDF and it's also an audio book. First thing you do is have to educate yourself, because if you're like me, you know, you came out of a public school system that did not teach true American history. I went in the United States Air Force six days after I graduated high school, spent eight years in the military, took an oath to support and defend the Constitution, and not once was I ever required to read it. So that's a little hypocritical for the military to at least not sit you down and say, here's the Constitution, read it before you take this oath. And most people did, because our high schools are not teaching it anymore. 
So that's what I had to do. I had to do a self-study. I had to sit and read it for myself. And when I read that and all the founding documents, I'm like, holy crap, <laughs> what in the world? How did we get from that to where we're at now? And that's what my book does. It basically walks you through a systematic 200 plus year journey through history of how they systematically took over the courts, took over the the wording. Coach Dave talks a lot about words and words are important. You know, First Amendment, it doesn't say I can't pray in school. It doesn't say coach can't pray with his students. It says you can't tell me I can't pray with my students. Congress shall make no law prohibiting the free exercise of religion. And they've all violated our civil rights by prohibiting the free exercise of religion. You can't tell me to pray. You can't tell me what to pray. And you can't tell me not to pray. And that's what we have to recognize and understand. They just so overstepped every legal bound they have. And we're not, we're not bound to obey it, plain and simple. All right, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't obey the law when they were told to worship a statue. Daniel wouldn't, when he was told not to pray, he told him to go pound salt and he prayed with his windows open. I mean, right there's your original First Amendment right there. Nebuchadnezzar had no right to establish a religion by law. All right, Darius had no right to prohibit the free exercise of religion. So you can trace the tenets of our First Amendment clear back to the book of Daniel. And it's the ultimate limitations on government. Government and government officials are limited by God himself. All right. And our founding fathers understood that. They just sought to codify that in a document that we call the Constitution. Okay, John, let me interrupt here because we're going to head to the bottom. I assume we have a break at the bottom. I'm subbing in for Rob. I don't really know exactly how Rob does things. John, go back here. Tell people where they can find you. Tell them about your Brideon show. Tell them your website again where your books are there so they can uh, – Look, folks, it's an educational thing. We're in the edu we are in an educational war. God bless Alex Jones. He told us info wars how long ago, right? John, where can they find you? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, you can go to Brighteon TV, B-R-I-G-H-T-E-O-N dot TV. I have a show on uh, nine to ten every morning. Um, you can it's also live streamed on my website, America Unhinged Radio dot com. And I also now work for the John Burke Society. So that's where me and Coach are at right now is a John Burke Society meeting. Uh, look up JBS.org and look at all the resources they have there. They've been fighting against communism since the end of World War II. And they were a bunch of conspiracy theorists. Well, now everybody's realizing maybe all this one world government, you know, central digital currency, maybe all this stuff isn't so far-fetched because COVID woke a lot of people up. So that's where we're at. We're awake, and now we need to get in the fight. So the older I get, the more the conspiracies come true. Isn't that unbelievable, folks? It's unbelievable. Okay there, Mr. Producer. I don't know where we go from here. I assume there's a bottom of the hour break. When we come back from that bottom of the hour break, we're going to be joined by a couple guys who are really child rescuers right here in the good old U.S. of A. And if you don't think that they're snatching children and trafficking children around uh, you where you live, uh, you keep hanging right in there. We'll be right back. I'm in the bathroom. My phone's right there on the car. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm here to tell you about my new product for my pillow: towels that actually work. Watch this absorbency test. Here's another towel that we randomly went out and bought. Here's one of my towels with a nice design. I don't know if you can see this, but you could line a swimming pool with this. I mean, this is crazy. Get rid of it. Towels that actually work. 
What a concept. I really love the towels. They're really great. They're super absorbent. I'm interrupting this commercial to let you know we're having the biggest clearance sale ever. Get our six-piece towel sets for only $29.88 with your promo code. My towel sets are made with proprietary technology and include two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get our six-piece towel sets. Originally $99.98, then on sale for $49.98. Now we're closing them out for only $29.88 while supplies last. Once they're gone, they're gone, so please order now. Well, I don't know what you think. That's a pretty good segment, wasn't it? Both John and I talk pretty fast. I'm not, I'm from just outside Columbus, Ohio, and uh, John John was originally from Grove City, Ohio, which is a suburb of Columbus, and we got to know each other. Believe it or not, we met each other back in 2004 when I had just left teaching and coaching because of my battle with the American Civil Liberties Union, and I met John on the steps of the courthouse, state house in Montgomery, Alabama, when they were trying to take the Ten Commandments out of Judge Roy Moore's office. Y'all remember that? So I've been in this fight for a long, long time, and it's great to be here tonight with John and uh, just appreciate everything that he does. And I thank Rob Pugh, uh, Wisconsin Christian News, for giving me the opportunity to sub in here for tonight. And one of the things, uh, uh, next uh, next segment here, uh, child trafficking, we were talking about uh, the Sound of Freedom and that movie and how powerful that movie was and how effective that movie was. But one of the things that I came away from it with that really kind of, excuse me, concerned me is a lot of people just thought that uh, this child trafficking, well, that's something that happens in New York or that's something that happens down in South America. Or that's something that happens in uh, Brazil. That doesn't happen around here. When if you check around and find out, that according to government statistics, which I showed on my own show uh, yesterday, $128 million a year child trafficking, bigger than the drug, bigger than the drug trade. It's maybe second to the drug trade in America. And it's happening. That's, folks, that's one of the reasons they're keeping the border open. Hmm? That's, why they, that's why they won't close the border. Because if they close the border, they cut off a lot of money, a lot of funds. And so... Um, as I listened to Jim Caviezel, and I really appreciated what he had to say, and as, as I said earlier in the show, it's really, it's it's our turn now. Ball's in our court now. I don't, whatever Jim Caviezel did or whatever Tim Ballard did, God bless him, but what are you going to do now? What are you going to do if it, child trafficking is going on right in your neighborhood and you know it? What's your church going to do if at your local mall kids are being trafficked there? What 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 are we supposed to do with it? That's why I'm uh, joined with a couple of, of uh Real live American guys who deal with this stuff. This is their ministry, and just to protect the remember the remember the old line: the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Well, that's really true. So we're changing their names with them tonight. And uh, I know um, I know Landon personally, known him for for quite a while. And meeting, I think it's Roscoe meeting him tonight for the first time. Pardon me, guys, why I put my glasses on? And uh, Landon, come on in here, make me make me look good, if you will, and. Uh, Tell people what's going on right here in the good old U.S. of A. Yeah, hey, Coach. Thanks thanks for having us tonight. Um, yeah, uh, that was probably the biggest hit takeaway I had when I left uh, watching Sound of Freedom was that I was, I, was, I was hoping that American viewers would not believe that it was just an over-there problem because it's very much a, a right-here problem. And... I, I came back. I've been I've been working overseas for quite some time and came back to the States in 17 and had been doing counter trafficking in Africa and was shocked 
when I got back to the States and saw how rampant it is here. I just, I had no idea that it was that bad. Um, and I'm, and I'm in the, the industry, you okay. know, of, uh, fighting this stuff. And, and so as I started meeting safe houses and, and started, uh, getting to know the landscape in the U S I, w- I was stunned at how little support there is, um, how little support there is for, uh, the, the restoration of children. There are very few safe houses in this country. I mean, for the, it, it's the, the magnitude of trafficking versus the number of safe houses is, is off the charts. It, it's out of control. And, uh, we also have no safe houses for boys, basically. Um, there, there are a few, handful of safe houses pretty much geared towards girls. Uh, but those those stats on the trafficking of boys is skyrocketing, especially with Dwayne, the LGBT what do you what do you mean by, what do you LGBT. mean by a safe what do you mean by a safe house? What do you mean by that? Right. So there's this um a multi-stage process, and I'm gonna kick it over to Roscoe Coach Red here in a minute. Um but uh yeah, so basically the value chain looks like this. Uh you find you find a child somewhere, you rescue them, you get them into a safe place. That safe place is typically two days to two weeks, sometimes two months, their initial house uh, while they stabilize. And then what happens is that they go into more of a long-term care place, maybe up to about two years. And then they go into what's really uh, reintegration care, which can be a five-year program. So that's kind of the, the steps that you go through. Landon, it's yeah. important. Pardon me for interrupting. I do that for a living. I tell people all the time. But for those of the people who don't understand, these are little boys, sometimes maybe six years old, maybe 10 years old, maybe maybe older than that. But they have been sexually molested. So even though you go rescue these children, we get them rescued. Dude, they got they got a lifetime of trauma that they have to deal with. And that's why you're talking about the safe houses and trying to get these kids some help after they've been rescued. Right. And, and that's that was probably my other big takeaway uh, that things I wish Sound of Freedom would have touched on was that when the movie ends, you think it's going to be all good for the, the little boy and the little girl. Honestly, though, that's that's the beginning of of a life of restoration and healing. So um, the safe housing process is hard because it's underfunded. It's understaffed. It's really hard to keep people. Imagine imagine that you're interfacing with that 24 hours a day every day. You're not going to last very long. It's hard uh, to watch kid after kid after kid after kid, and and you just you these, burn these out. kids these these kids are trafficked. Some of them may be sexually molested, maybe up six, seven, eight times a day. Right? This is a, this is their life until they're rescued, if they survive. That's right, and and I think this is a good bridge for me to bring in Coach Red because there's a big difference between traditional human trafficking, which is kind of your organized crime where they're selling the kids. Um, And then there's the occult sort of religious crimes aspect, which is actually totally different. And they're abused their whole lives. Um, There is no, they're they're trafficked from the womb. And so um, that's, that's something maybe are are not going to be necessarily at um, the big malls and the truck stops. You, You won't necessarily see them as readily as you will see the child who's being trafficked in your own neighborhood. Mm. Um, because most children are being trafficked by people they know. Uh, that's the majority of trafficking. Wow. And it, it's a simple thing, uh, you let, let's say there's a child in your neighborhood and you've seen him play soccer since he was four. 
and suddenly he's seven and he's you know always been such a lively kid and you see him walk into school and first of all he's walking by himself second of all it's the it's like june okay it's the end of the school year it's hot and he is in a sweatshirt you're like johnny why why are you wearing a sweatshirt well it's because he's got so many marks and burns and cuts all over his arms he has to wear a sweatshirt to go to school so they won't ask questions the other thing is the the thing of uh, what we call panda eyes if you see a child who should normally be healthy and they have big black circles around their eyes look for some kids they've got allergies no big deal but for other kids when it's a shift they go from looking normally healthy and then they've got panda eyes um, that is basically, those are blood vessels busting in their, their eye sockets when they're abused. And that is an easy thing to pick up on. And there's nothing wrong with calling your local authorities or talking to a local pediatrician and looking for a well check because they are mandatory reporters. When they hear that a child is potentially being trafficked, they are required to investigate. It's not an option. Are you an offshoot of, of Russ Distar's? shatter the uh, darkness that's correct we are yes okay so you've done moving forward yes a lot of his uh his legwork uh cases that are still in the works that you're working on and do you expose some of that stuff that anybody goes to your websites we can get more information that's correct. We're pretty light on information on Shatter Ops. We have kept Russ's original site, shatterthedarkness.net, with all his free content, all those MP3s, all those, all that training material. That's still out there and available. But the ministry moving forward is under shatterops.org. And it's it's um yes. Amen. But it does have some information about us and our mission and what we're doing. Yes. Amen. Betty, is that you with a hand up? I got on my phone. I can't really see. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, and I just want to say my hat goes off to you guys. Um, I think I talked to Landon. He knows kind of my background. And uh, you're right. They do have panned eyes. I've been there. I was there in a child trafficking place for 10 years. And they get withdrawn. It's amazing how energetic I was one day. And the next day I was withdrawn. No self-esteem, no joy, no nothing, no energy. And um so when I drove school bus, that was one of the things I could see if there was kids abused or not. We did get one one family where they lost their kids because they were abusing their kids. Me and another girl just called the police and they ended up taking the children away. Also, my question is for a safe house. Is it possible I could do a safe house for like two or three days for a child? You know, I wouldn't want to do long term for a year because I'm getting older, but just I want to do something for those kids to protect them, just that I know that that one child or two child don't have a safe place till they could get somewhere safer, you know, safest or whatever. You're wherever you're, you do your thing, you know, is that possible? Absolutely. And um, I would, and I encourage everybody to look locally wherever you are, because that's where the Lord has put you. Find someone in your, your region, uh, who is doing something about caring for children who are abused, they often need, it wouldn't really be a safe house. It'd be more like a halfway house, a kind of a short-term halfway house where they can, you often need tactical intervention support to just keep a child safe for a couple of days while all of the paperwork and all the dust settles, and then they can be placed. So that, that is a very useful thing. We call them trauma houses, although maybe it's not the best word. <laughs> Yeah, I've done it once for okay. four days for a mom and a child. 
Yeah. I won't say names or anything, but, um, you know, I, w I felt really good that I was able to help them. If I can, real quick, let me jump in here because we've just got about five minutes or so left here. Uh, uh, Landon, uh, Red, it's important for people to understand. The, uh, we think about child trafficking, taking kids over the border. But for the most part, a lot of this child trafficking and molestation is being done by people they know and they trust. Speak yeah. to that. Speak to that a little bit. Yeah, most of them on on the traditional side, even they're sold. They're selling their kids to clear a drug debt or as retribution within gang warfare, uh, Bloods, Crips, MS-13. That um, these are these are true stories. <laughs> unfortunately, um, you know they're just that's the way that works. Um, it's vendettas uh, where they're trying to get back at a, another individual in the family. They'll sell their kids off. Uh, it's really ugly stuff. Um, and then, like with coaches stuff with the occult, that stuff's generational. That stuff's just going on and on and on and on. Red? Yeah, so what I want to encourage you guys to do is, is, like Landon said, in your local community, keep your eyes and ears open. And then when you suspect something, or if, you, if there's an area, and we all know those areas, those seedy hotels, um, some of these power structures where there's a lot of control and we're talking about religious institutions and things of that nature. Um, you need to pray and you need to target those places in prayer and ask God to reveal how you need to target. Because so for too long, the enemy has told us and we've been we've been lied to and deceived by the enemy that our prayers aren't effective, but they really are. Jesus is listening and he, he he's he's. He doesn't need us. He allows us to be part of this. And I can't I can't express that enough. He, he allows us to be part. He's already won this victory. And it's time for us to start acting like it and, 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 and cleaning up shop. Coach Dave does a great job of challenging the church. And I just want to I just want to echo that. It's time for the men and women, God's men and women to stand up, to stand up or, or, or get on their knees. You know what Amen. I mean? And do both. Keep your eyes open, folks. Keep your eyes open. Notice what's going around. Be sharp, right? As we tell our football guys, keep your head on the swivel. That means keep your eyes open and look around because you never know where it's going to happen. Quickly, Landon, before we take off here, where do they find you? What's the website? Where do they find you? Where can they get more information? All right. So our piece of the operation, we run Transatlantic, and we're based out of South Africa. The website is savethem.org. It's one word, save them. And we're, like I said, we're the overseas component and we work hand in hand with Shatter uh, for US Ops. Shatterops.com. Is it a dot com? Dot org, coach. Shatterops.org. Okay, yes. Shatterops.org. How would a guy get involved with you guys? Well, I mean, I think the number one thing is to, is to, is to pray um, and be in your local community. Help. There are there are victims and there are people that need your help, that need your prayers, that need your support locally. And we'll be there if you've got a case that you can that you need to share with us that we can help support on. But what we need is we need to mobilize the church. We need to mobilize the church in the in the local community to yeah. get involved and to and to be offensive and not defensive. For so long, we, we pray these defensive prayers, protect me. And, that, and that's that's great. Jesus will protect you. But we need to go at the enemy and send in the hornets. 
like Exodus 23. Amen. Amen. So let, let, let me finish with this one, folks, because we didn't really get into it. Landon, uh, Red, you guys could, this is hard for us to understand, folks. Some of this child trafficking is going on with the knowledge of child protective services. Some of it is going on with the knowledge of judges. Some of it's going on with the knowledge of people in our churches, right? We're talking about the greatest form of evil, so evil that Jesus Christ himself suggested suicide. He said, it'd be better for you to put a millstone around your neck and throw yourself in the deepest part of the ocean than to mislead one of these little ones that believe in me. This is serious, serious stuff. And uh, we need to start taking it. So uh, Red, thanks for joining us. Uh, Landon, thanks for joining us. God bless you guys for all you do. And I'm going to do the best I can to get you on some more shows so you can tell people exactly what's going on. It's not just happening in South America. Amen, brother. In your community, too. God bless you. Thanks for being with us. Folks, uh, thanks, Rob, for letting me sit in. Till next time. Yeah.